the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today for the Tuesday edition, the first show of the new year. Kathy is off for today. She uh, is suffering through, like I think a lot of people, this um, this crud. Uh, not quite covid uh, not quite the flu, but something that's infecting people's respiratory systems, and uh, she does, <laughs> she does not sound good. It's just a lot of hacking and coughing and sneezing and upper respiratory blah. So prayers for Kath as she uh, is on the road to recovery, better than she was a couple of days ago. But uh, my guess is someone, perhaps you yourself or people within your circle, suffering through that same uh, malady. As we uh, we start the new year, we were away. Of course, if you checked us at all during uh, last week, we were, took some time off, which was greatly appreciated. Nice to have a little downtime, but uh, back in in almost full swing, I should say. Uh, we're off to a, a strange start to the new year, aren't we? This is um, you're, of course you're following along with the news, and you've got to know that this that we ourselves. We are fragile creatures, right? I I guess probably, I think probably (laughs) the truth is the older you get, uh, the more and more that's a reality in your life. But you you look around at the events of the last 24 hours, of course, the horrible news out of Brackenridge yesterday that um, the police, uh, the the chief of police in Brackenridge, Chief Justin McIntyre, was fatally shot yesterday afternoon. Just horrible, horrible. Another police officer killed. And, of course, if a uh, sports fan or not, you're w- watching the football game last night and uh, you see a local prospect, uh, local player, Damar Hamlin, who uh, a product of um, McKees Rocks and then Central Catholic then the University of Pittsburgh and then beyond to Buffalo, uh, suffered a, a heart attack on the field last night. And uh, hard to describe what's happened these last 24 hours about the fragility of who we are. So, of course, prayers for the family of Justin McIntyre. His wife has reached out on social media. You can't imagine the shock, I'm sure. Anyone who knows a police officer, married to a police officer, is a police officer. The idea that you're getting dressed in the morning and going to work and, of course, wherever you work, right, whatever the the factors are involved in your employment, whether you're in retail or at an office or here, I sit behind a microphone, extremely safe. And you think about those men and women in blue and how they go out and patrol the streets for us and face the bad guys of the world so that we can lay our head down on the pillows at night and feel safe in our homes. God bless those men and women and uh, for the sacrifices. We take it for granted. I feel like I take it for granted, right? You take it for granted. 
you see the see the guys and the women in the patrol cars, and you think, you know, there they go. And oftentimes, you know, you think, <laughs> don't give me a speeding ticket. I mean, that's kind of mostly what I think about them the most, to be honest. But uh, the sacrifices that uh, they give, they surrender for us and for our safety, for our neighborhoods to be safe every day. God bless those people. So Chief Justin McIntyre and... Uh, to know what uh, this, the pillar that he was in Brackenridge. And people have talked about him throughout these uh, last several hours. And, of course, you know, uh, in, in entertainment and in sports, we take it for granted. I mean, I, yesterday I was kind of sported out. I watched, um, like I'm sure a lot of you, I watched the Penguins game with my son, um, uh, the Boston Bruins game. And uh, then after that, we, we watched the Penn State game. My my boy's a, a product of Penn State, and... Uh, Loved watching that as well. And, of course, uh, the Steeler game the day before that. So I kind of got uh, – I was kind of like uh, sported out. And uh, when the game came up, the Bengals game yesterday and uh, the Buffalo game, I was like, I'm done. And so I went upstairs and I was doing some paperwork. Some And um, my wife came upstairs and she was in tears and uh, described what you know she, she has witnessed. And a lot of people, of course, millions of people saw. You saw the beginning of a football game, three quarters of the way into the first uh, quarter, and uh, there's a young man in the prime of his health lying on the field and, you know, doing heart fibs. I mean, that's the last thing that you expect to see, although we know the brutality of the game. And I just, you know, we just went through New Year's, and I don't know about you, I uh, I, I do, uh, you know, s- soft resolutions in my mind, you know, nothing that I go, okay. But, you know, I resolve to pray stronger, read my Bible more, be kinder, sweeter to those I know and love, be a presence of light in the community, all those things. And I think about the year ahead. And the year ahead that that may God make our, our lives a happy one. Not by shielding us from all the sorrows and pains, but by strengthening us to to bear it as it comes. And not by making our paths especially easy, but by making us sturdy so that we can travel any path. And not by taking hardships from us, because of course we know that hardships are upon us, but by taking fear from our heart. And not by granting us unbroken days of sunshine and delight, but by keeping our face bright, even in the shadows that we live in. And not by making our life always present, pleasant, but by showing us that when people and their causes need us most, that we can respond in love and grace and kindness and be a reflection of Christ in our lives. And knowing first God's love and his hope and his joy for the year ahead. Because life is short. It really is a vapor. And one never knows when he or she will take their last breath. So we keep short accounts and we strive to bless and not curse and to look out for the needs of others rather than our own. And embrace the grace that God offers to us, to you and I, every day. 
as we know the truth and the grace of Jesus Christ in our lives and to be that light and substance with each breath and every tick of the clock. We'll take a quick break. We go to Washington, D.C. with Greg Clugston next. Stay with us. 101.5 WORD. When God created us, he had a purpose for our lives. I'm Alan Jackson. I have the privilege of joining you each weekday to open our Bibles together. The Bible tells us that God has made us what we are. And in our union with Christ Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds, which he has already prepared for us to do. Join me and let's see what God has for us today. A fresh look at scripture. Weekday mornings at 930. Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD. The word is out. People are abandoning their overpriced wireless carriers and flocking to Pure Talk for the same 5G coverage, but at a fraction of the price. In fact, the average family saves over $800 a year when switching from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. Or if you still want unlimited data you can get that and still save a fortune so make the switch and get the same coverage as the big guys but at half the price go to puretalk.com type in your address to find the coverage at your home then enter promo code half off and you'll save an additional 50 percent off your first month that's puretalk.com promo code half off Switch to Pure Talk and get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. Because Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. What if, instead of focusing on how students can serve the market, educators focused on how schools can serve students? Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills invites you to discover what a classical Christian education can offer your child. Saturday, February 4th from 10 to 1130. Meet the teachers, tour the school, enjoy brunch, and get all your questions answered about the holistic approach to education that works with the grain of your child's God-given curiosity. For more information, visit trinitychristian.net. Want next-level safety ad-free? Unlock advanced hyper-local severe weather alerts when you subscribe to Premium Plus on the AccuWeather app. AccuWeather alerts are prompted by our expert meteorologists who monitor and analyze dangerous weather risks 24-7 to keep you and your family safer. These notifications are clear, concise, and hyper-local down to your neighborhood or street address. Download the AccuWeather app and upgrade to Premium Plus today. Plan now to join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clipper. It's our Valentine dinner cruise, Friday, February 10th. A special night out for sweethearts, couples, and friends. Enjoy a delicious dinner buffet in the romantic warmth of the Gateway Clippers Empress as you take in spectacular views of the city skyline. Boarding time is 6 p.m. And now through January 10th, get 10% off your ticket price. Book now at wordfm.com. Big things happening in Washington, D.C. right now. Greg Clugson is with us. Greg Clugson is the SRN News White House correspondent. He joins us as we start every week. Greg, welcome back. Happy New Year to you. Thank you, John, and Happy New Year to you. Great to be here. Yes, thank you. Well, um, I watched uh, one vote, then I watched two votes. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy, this is, I mean, it's often used, it is unprecedented what's happening now, isn't it? Yeah, that that phrase, that word sometimes gets overused and even misused. Yes. But in this particular case, it is accurate. Uh, we've not seen this. In fact, just about five minutes ago, the third vote for House Speaker 
uh, just got underway. And so you're right. You watch these first two votes. And this is, again, the first day of the new Congress. And the first item of business is to uh, elect uh, Speaker of the House. Now, here are the here are the raw numbers, John, uh, for you and our listeners, is that there are 222 Republicans in the House. It's a very slim majority for the GOP. And so uh, 218 votes are needed to win the speakership. So that meant that Kevin McCarthy, who has been serving as the Republican Party leader in the House, could only lose four votes from Republicans. Well, he lost 19 votes in each of the first two ballots. And uh, there doesn't appear to be much of a change as we're heading into the third vote here. So uh, you have an entire city, you have an entire uh, government, at least up on Capitol Hill right now, that simply doesn't know how this is going to end. So this has not happened. I mean, it, it has happened a, a long, long time ago, but there yeah. really is no roadmap of what may lie ahead. You're, they're making up, making things up as they go along. Right. So Kevin McCarthy made history today, but not the kind of history that mm-hmm. one would like to make. Uh, becoming the first uh, House Speaker nominee since 1923, 100 years uh, to fail to win the gavel on the on the first vote. And we're now on the third vote. And it doesn't appear that the third vote, uh, based on what we've seen so far and what we currently know, is going to have a different outcome. And before this process got started around noon or so today, uh, McCarthy was was telling reporters and others that uh, he is he's he's digging in. He's he's going to not give up and fight to the bitter end. But of course, you've got uh, a handful. And really, it's just a handful of others who are voting for someone other than Kevin McCarthy. And a lot of these members, not all of them, but a, a good number of them are with the, the what is known as the House Freedom Caucus. And it's a, it's a conservative flank of the GOP, and they've been unhappy with what they see as establishment leadership from McCarthy and others in his inner circle. And they would like to see somebody else in that leadership position. But they don't have a consensus candidate. That's the flip side to it. They're opposing McCarthy, but they don't have anybody that could could come even close to the 218 votes that's needed here. So it's really, to be honest, it's a real mess right now. So any idea you can crystal ball this? What may happen, Greg? Any ideas? Well, it, yeah, you like it. I mean, you don't want to cheapen the process here. And it, uh, you, you are talking about the federal government, but it's really a game of chicken in yeah. some sense here. Right. Between McCarthy, uh, who has got obviously almost enough votes to become the House Speaker and a handful, uh, about 19 votes right now from members uh, who, who say otherwise. So in terms of what possibly could happen, John, is that at some point one side could say, OK, we've taken this process far enough. We obviously have not reached that point yet, and we may not later today. We may not tonight, tomorrow. It's it's just too soon to know that there is a possibility that there could be then discussions that go on among the Republican members of the House to say, okay, is there a consensus candidate that we could rally around, whether it's Steve Scalise, who is sort of next in line of the leadership uh, circle hierarchy for the Republican Party or somebody else that whose name gets thrown out there. But there doesn't seem to be a plan B, C or D uh, in the works right now. And it's just unfolding uh, in front of all of us as we're watching. Watching. It's on, on, you know, sort of like, you know, the a phrase that you hear about, you know, you can't look away from a car wreck sometimes right, right. because it's fascinating. And to be honest, this is it's politically fascinating in the sense that we haven't seen something like this in 100 years. 
Um, and it's also uh, it, it's also a little nerve wracking, of course, especially for Republicans. This is to be their their big day. This is the first day that they have the majority in the Congress in a number of years on the House side. And this is what it's devolved into. Wow. So the Democrats, this is like their party. They, they have to be dancing in the aisles. I mean, it's just a complete chaos. It doesn't help the Republicans uh, for 2024 if they're eating each other, cannibalizing each other right now as we get underway with a new term. Sure. Democrats uh, have been emphasizing one word today, and that is unity. They are unified behind their House uh, leader, uh, their caucus leader, who is Hakeem Jeffries of New York. So he was nominated, of course, by the Democrats for the House speakership. He received every Democrat vote in each of the first two rounds and likely will again here in round number three and going forward. So he received 212 so uh, unless you had six Republicans switch sides, and that's what a lot of the, the, the backers and allies of McCarthy are saying, John, they're saying to those who have voted against McCarthy, what's the alternative? Who is your choice? Uh, would you rather have, you know, someone uh, from the Democratic Party uh, be the House Speaker, uh, if not Kevin McCarthy? So they don't really have a good answer to that. Those who are detractors of Kevin McCarthy, other than just uh, putting a blockade here in the process. We're talking with Greg Clugston, who is the SRN News White House correspondent, talking about the goings on today in the nation's capital. So, Greg, uh, assuming at some point, whether when will that be, who knows, when Congress does get underway, there is a heavy workload. Can you talk about that, about what may be happening here in the days, weeks, months ahead that are on the agenda? Sure. Well, when you listen to uh, the agenda and the priorities laid out by Republicans, for example, as we've even heard today in some of these nominating uh, speeches, uh, you know, the, the securing the southern border continues to be a top priority, especially among House Republicans uh, and in ways uh, to to deal with uh, immigration. Uh, also, this idea of not wanting to ram through, in their words, you know, a one point seven trillion dollar budget bill that happened, you know, right over the holidays. Uh, that didn't get a lot of scrutiny and a chance for amendments and, and, and changes from from House members uh, and members, uh, you know, that weren't in the leadership circles. And so they, they feel like uh, there needs to be a, an overall change to this process. There are some issues that are coming down the line. Obviously, there are always budget issues. That's the, the primary role of uh, of the Congress is to uh, to fund the federal government. So those budgeting issues are also a, a, always a top priority. There is uh, something coming up that we've talked about in years past and often has been uh, a point of contention, and that's raising the debt ceiling in order to, for the United States to be able to uh, to make good on, on loan payments and that sort of thing. That's coming down the line in, in a number of weeks. And uh, that's going to be a problem, not just between Republicans and Democrats, but what we're likely seeing today, John, but differences of opinions within the Republican Party, for example, about how to deal with an issue like that. Interesting. So as Congress does convene, what about the president, uh, President Biden and uh, his interaction with Congress? What can we look forward to or not there? Well, he is uh, emphasizing bipartisanship. Uh, that was the message that he he uh, delivered in an address a couple of days before Christmas, before he took some time off and some vacation time with his family. Uh, he got back into D.C. last night and uh, he's emphasizing bipartisanship. And it's interesting, John, because tomorrow he is traveling to Kentucky. And uh, what member of the U.S. Senate is from Kentucky. One of the members of the Senate uh, is is Mitch McConnell, the uh, the Senate leader, the Senate uh, minority leader. And uh, McConnell is going to be appearing with Biden uh, 
uh, along with other Republican elected and Democratic elected leaders and officials, federal and state officials, to talk about an infrastructure project uh, that was a part of that big infrastructure law. And it's, there's a there's a critical bridge there in the greater Cincinnati area. It's right on the Ohio-Kentucky border. And uh, that project is finally going to be getting some much-needed federal uh, uh, expenditures uh, sent their way. And so this is a bipartisan effort with McConnell and Biden and others tomorrow that the White House is really hailing uh, as as a sign of progress and a sign of what can happen when the two parties work together. So this is just a, a, a stepping stone of what the White House is probably going to be trying to uh, emphasize. But it's a different political landscape. It's going to be for President Biden moving forward. His first two years in office, he has had Democrats in control of both the House and Senate. That's not the case for the House, even though you have this leadership and speakership uh, chaos right now. Uh, once that's settled, uh, Republicans have said that one of the things they want to do is investigate the Biden administration, if not the Biden family, over a number of issues. So it's going to be a different political landscape for Biden and the White House in 2023. Holy smokes. Well, I would just say from a Pittsburgh perspective that the president should be careful because the last time he was at a um, <laughs> an, an event where a bridge was involved, of course, the bridge yeah. fell in on the very same day that he showed up. So uh, prayers exactly. for uh, safety tomorrow in uh, Cincinnati. OK, uh, Greg, so uh, let's talk about uh, the president and 2024, because, of course, we're, we've been uh, gauging that uh, his willingness mm-hmm. to step aside or not. Uh, can you have any insight on the, the president and the run for 2024? Yeah, nothing really new here other than what we have uh, been told by the president himself uh, that he has mentioned in, either in a press conference or in a in a news interview uh, and what his aides have been saying. And that is he intends to run in 2024, but there has been no official announcement yet. We were also told uh, that he would be discussing this matter of a possible reelection bid with his family as they gathered over the Christmas and New Year's holidays. Uh, the question came up today here at the White House briefing. Did the president talk with his family? Has he come to any sort of uh, a decision or announcement uh, pending on that? And uh, we, did, we we got real, really nothing from uh, from the uh, press secretary today regarding that other than just a, a repetition of he intends to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been any number of reports that are saying that uh, he and uh, even his wife have told certain individuals that they are a go for a run in 2024. But we're still waiting for the official announcement. Interesting. We're talking with Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, uh, before you leave us, let's go back to where we started. Uh, how many votes? I mean, um, w- will they still stay there at the Capitol for the foreseeable future? Is there an end date to this? Any idea what what, what might transpire? It, uh, the short answer is uh, there's there's no no there's there, it's an unknowable. We, we don't know how many votes there would be. Uh, McCarthy uh, did tell uh, other members of the House and allies that he was willing to go down uh go down the path of staying with vote after vote after vote, even if the number of votes that were cast in his favor dwindled with each vote. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean even though even if he was losing ground uh, uh, ballot after ballot, meaning that he was going to stick to it to the very end. Now, his detractors have essentially said the same thing, meaning that they're not going to vote. What you, what's interesting is McCarthy, over the last number of weeks in particular, has been negotiating and meeting with some of these members who have voiced their opposition to him being the House Speaker. And he has given, McCarthy has given concessions to some of them in terms of uh, leadership on certain committees and changing some of the rules of the House. And he has, uh, McCarthy has given in to some of their requests, if not demands, yet 
even though they have gotten these concessions, they're still voting no against him. And that is what makes this really, really fascinating. It sure does. I I don't know how you recover from this. I mean, it shows it's a a weakened leader even before he assumes power. I mean, so who knows where this is going to go? That's right. And so whether it goes, uh, you know, all night and into tomorrow, it's look it looks like that is a possibility. uh, But we really don't have a roadmap here for what's happening right now. (laughs) It's the perfect start to a new year, is it not? (laughs) Happy New Year. Yes. Greg, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for checking in. We appreciate uh, you keeping your pulse on D.C. and sharing it with our audience here in Pittsburgh. You bet, John. Have a good week. You as well. Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Check out SRNNewsWordFM.com. Be right back. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Baby, it's cold outside. Baby, it's cold outside. Brr, isn't it chilly? Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, snuggling up to a nice warm bowl of homemade soup. Winter on our farm means my brother Sam and his guys are trying to stay warm as they feed all the groups of cows, calves and heifers out in the elements milk the hundred cow herd twice a day and handle all that comes with a working dairy farm no matter what the weather is winter at the springhouse store means a little slower pace so it's a great time for our cooks to try out new main dishes new sides and new soup recipes like the one i'm enjoying vegetarian chili the bakers are even getting in on the act and trying new desserts too like chocolate cherry cordial stop by for lunch or supper and see what new creations they've come up with today Good old-fashioned cooking featuring all-natural, farm-fresh ingredients and lots of TLC. The Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Hi, I'm Al Abaroa, founder of Knight Strategic Wealth. Inflation is a problem, markets are volatile, and the risk of running out of money in retirement is real. That's why I love annuities and you should too. Your financial advisor doesn't want you to know that with our annuity strategy, when the stock market goes up, you earn a market-linked return that locks in every year, and when the stock market goes down, your annuity won't lose a dime. There are no unnecessary fees, and it works for your investments, money at a brokerage firm, or even money at a bank. It's simple, it's safe, and you should only invest if you learn the facts, and that's why savvy investors work with us. Want to learn more? Text FREE to 833-898-0500 and we'll send our retirement readiness kit directly to your phone right now. If you want to use safe, low-fee annuities to build a retirement portfolio that will go up with the market and never lose money, get our retirement readiness kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. We've all felt the impact of rising food prices. For families in poverty, they're facing malnutrition and even death. You can feed a family for a month with your $50 donation to Compassion International. Just text the word radio to 97646. Discover the magnificence of the Mediterranean with Alistair Bay and our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Nine life-changing days of powerful worship, Bible study, and history. Sign up now, deeperfaithcruise.com. 101.5 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey.
It'll be cloudy and mild tonight with a couple of showers. Tonight's low 56. Tomorrow, mild with rain at times. Tomorrow's high 60. Tomorrow night, a passing shower in the evening. Otherwise, considerable cloudiness. The low 38. Thursday, cloudy skies with a high of 48. Friday, cloudy and colder with a couple of flurries. We'll reach a high Friday of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Well, as you look at the chaos in Washington, D.C., it's interesting to note a, a couple of trends that are sort of contrary to where we are as a society. This is from uh, Pew Research. So as it begins its 118th session, United States Congress remains largely untouched by these trends that have largely marked religious life in the United States. A decades-long decline in the share of Americans who identify as Christian believers and a corresponding increase in the percentage who say that they have no religious affiliation. Since 2007, the share of Christians in the general population has dropped from 78% to its present level of 63%. Nearly three intenuous adults now say that they are religiously unaffiliated, describing themselves as atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular, up from 16% who did not identify with a religion 16 years ago. But Christians make up 88% of the voting members of this new 118th Congress. That's amazing. 88% of people identify as believers in this new Congress. Um, a few percentage points, this uh, has been uh, lower than the Christian chair of Congress in the late 1970s. So you think how much, you know, the decline in Christendom, people who I self-identify as believers from 1970 to 2023, but the Congress has remained pretty steadfast in their belief. In the 96th Congress, which has, uh, was in session in 1979 and 1980, 91% of the members of Congress identified as Christians, with 88 uh, in this new Congress. Now, just like in recent sessions, only one member of the new Congress, Senator Christian Sinema, uh, uh, who's an independent, she was formerly a Democrat of Arizona, identifies as religiously unaffiliated. Another Democrat, Representative Jared Huffman of California, describes himself as a humanist, and 20 are categorized as having unknown religious affiliation. Most of the members declined to state a religious affiliation when they were asked by a roll call, which serves as the primary data source for the analysis. Now, that said, the 469 Christians out of a total of 534 members at the start of this new Congress the lowest number since Pew Research Center began analyzing religious affiliation of the House and Senate. Uh, during the eight most recent sessions, the number of Christians in Congress was above 470. It exceeded uh, 500, as I like said, 1970. There are 303 Protestants in the new Congress, an increase of six from the previous Congress. The number of Protestants who do not specify a particular den denomination or denominational family providing vague or broad answers, such as Protestant, Christian, or Evangelical Protestant, rose from 96 to 107. Uh, two Protestant denominational families, Methodist and Episcopalians, each have four fewer members. The new Congress has 148 Catholics, 10 fewer than the 117th. Still Catholics make up about 28% members of the Congress. 
the new member of the new members of the Church of Jesus Christ of, of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons in Congress remained the same at 9. There are eight Orthodox Christians in the 118th Congress, one more than there was at the start of the previous. And uh, there is now one member of Congress who identifies as a Messianic Jew who describes herself as a, as a believer. How about that? I, I think it's fascinating. I wonder what that means as people ascend to office, that they want to claim their faith. Now, look, I mean... Uh, there's been a lot of conversation about the the, the newest member of Congress, uh, the wackadoodle who said, you know, uh, this is my college. This is where I worked on Wall Street. It was all complete fabrication. Uh, I'm married. Uh, now I'm gay. Uh, uh, he said he was Jewish, Jew with the with the strong emphasis on ish. But today he said uh, <laughs> he was a Christian. And what does it all mean? I'm not quite sure. But to think about our Congress, despite the complete disarray that they are in right now, self-identifying, 88% say that they are believers in Jesus Christ, I believe it's a good thing for this country. My guess is that you would as well. We'll take a a quick break. Uh, Doug Birch is with us in a few minutes. We're going to talk about lawn care and being a husband. That's next. It's 101.5 Word FM. 101.5 101.5 WORD. When you step onto an airliner, you want to know it can handle the weather, ice storms, turbulence, whatever's brewing. In other words, you want stable conditions inside, no matter what's going on outside. That's a reasonable, reachable goal for the Christian life, too. John MacArthur shows you seven biblical steps to being spiritually stable. This week on Grace to You. This is John MacArthur inviting you to listen to Grace to You every weekday morning at 7 a.m. on 101.5 Word FM. If you have certain chronic conditions such as heart disease, asthma, diabetes, and you're 19 years of age or older, 52, 36, 42, you may be at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a Pfizer vaccine that can help protect against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. I'm going to ask my doctor about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-333-1750. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. 
He's on meds, too. Call 800-333-1750. 800-333-1750. Rayma Christian School is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through eighth grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rayma aims to develop the whole child, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rayma is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families, accepting enrollment now for the current school year and opening soon for the 2023-24 school year. Visit RaymaChristianSchool.org. I think about lawnmowers far more than I believe is healthy. Oftentimes, you know, in my free time when I'm uh, surfing the web, I'll find myself on, you know, lawnmower websites just to look at them, kind of like Google them, you know, like, oh, that looks like a Porsche. I don't know what that means. Maybe that's just the onset of deep middle age. But here to talk to us about marriage and lawn care is Doug Bursch. Doug's been a regular guest on our show over the years. He's a pastor, host, and producer of the Fairly Spiritual Radio Program, author of Posting Peace, Why Social Media Divides Us and What We Can Do About It. And Doug, um, since Kath is not here today, she's under the weather, I thought that'd be a good time for just, you know, two guys to talk about lawns. How you doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, by the way, Happy New Year, John. Thank you. Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, and although Kathy isn't here, so it's hard for me to be on your show, I'm <laughs> glad to be here with well. you. So, <laughs> Appreciate it. Okay, so what is it about you and lawn care? Are you yourself obsessed by lawn care? No. You know, I gave you this title because one of my irritants uh, as a pastor, I pastored 24 years, Yeah, uh, is that I've seen that men grow in their ability to take care of their lawns. Mm-hmm. They get they get better at it. They, In fact, a lots of practice they find out you know get rid of moles and yep. and spend hours and they have pretty amazing lawns and i've noticed that many men spend far more time taking care of their lawn and learning how to make a better lawn than they do working on their marriage oh oh yeah and i think that is a fundamental problem yes and so hey before you turn away i feel like someone's going to turn the radio off do not turn this off wait this guy you're a man listening i'm feeling guilty already yeah but i just uh, sometimes we buy lies and it's even the lie of the man being the old, like, Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. My wife's the smart one and the emotionally intelligent one. And sure. I just survive and do what she tells me to do. And I I'm going to say that's not good enough. And, uh, we give energy to a lot of things, uh, to our lawns, to work. I know for you, John, you know, you've probably had different general managers, different things. You've learned how to do what is necessary to keep your job. I and I get an amen, right? That's amen. Works, right? Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, but with marriage, you know, we don't even treat it like that, or we just believe we can't do that. So I thought about lawn care. Maybe I could relate to men who could relate to lawn care. If you want to improve at your marriage, uh, you have to assess what's going on and to know it, not to be oblivious to it. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage, and many people are not going to do this. What the advice I'm giving right now, someone is not going to do, but I wish you would. And this is what I wish you'd do. Sit down with your spouse and have a conversation about what is. Say, you know, I want to be a better husband, or maybe even if you know things are bad, to come in with, I know I'm not doing this right, I know I need to do it better, and I genuinely want to know what you like about what I do, what you don't, like everything on the table. This is like assessing the damage of the lawn. How much moss do we have out there? Mm-hmm. How many weeds do we? Just to be open to say, I'm not, I'm not going to defend myself, I'm not going to get in a fight. If I do get in a fight, you have to remind me that I told you I wasn't going to get into a fight, that my goal is just to assess what is. And that might be really difficult, but that reality exists whether you have that meeting or not. Your wife is still thinking that and feeling that, so it would be better to know it. Toughen up, 
whatever this be a real man stuff is, listen and figure out the reality of what's going on in your marriage. Even if you can't fix a thing, even if it's like, you're, oh, I didn't know things were that bad. They're, they are that bad whether or not you know about it. Mm. It would be better to know about it. So that's the first step. That's good. Okay, now look, now, I, I love all this, Doug, but the, the stumbling block, I believe, for a lot of people is that you genuinely want to know and want to make an adjustment. Yeah, well, this is the thing. If you don't want to know, then you're in trouble. Yeah. And I can't make somebody, it's like you can't make someone want to repent. But I'm telling you, if you're in a relationship, there's things to repent of. There's things to say. Yeah. By the way, here's a sign you're not a healthy person. If you can't remember the last time you apologized to your spouse, mm -hmm. that's a problem. Because uh, if you live with someone long enough, you're going to mess up at least once a day, maybe <laughs> 20 times a day, right? Yep. Uh, and again, if you're like, well, that's just not me. Well, it needs to become who you are because this is the most important relationship entrusted to your care. In fact, it's more important than relationship with God in that God really takes care of your relationship with God. It's much more about God and you responding to God. And mm -hmm. it's like, you know, 90, 99% God and you just trying to figure out how to say yes to the grace of God. But when you think of something you actually need to put some energy towards, if you're married, this is the primary area. So, yeah, I, whether someone says, well, I don't want to ask those questions, I don't care, ask them, sit down. And then the other one is, okay, that's the big question, but you need to daily assess. And one of the best ways to grow is not to read a book on growth and not to have somebody tell you the top 10 things you do to make a healthy marriage. Just weekly start asking God questions and your wife questions. What do you want? What would you like? What you, Just any question like even if you're in a moment, you're sitting in the car, ask God, what should I do now? And you say, well, God doesn't speak to me that way. We'll do this. Just say, uh, God, should I say something encouraging to my wife? Yes or no? Yes or no? And you know what you're going to find? You're going to find yes rise up in you. Should, yeah. should I go in and talk with my spouse? Yes or no? It's like you're probably going to find a yes rise up in you. Start asking those questions. If you're not asking like you would do with your lawn or anything else, you'd look around and say, oh, that's working well. That isn't working well. Mm -hmm. You'd say that. I don't know how to fix that. I know there's a problem. You go find a solution. Uh, if you don't do this, uh, you're not going to grow. Now, I don't know if this is your question, John, but even people forget to ask the questions. So I'm going to hit at this even harder. I told you most of the guys listening probably aren't going to do this. But here's the next thing. Put it on a calendar that you ask the question. So at the end of the week, something like, did I ask my wife questions this week? Mm -hmm. Did I ask God questions this week about my marriage? And put it as a timer. I have a timer. My wife gave me permission to do this. I have a timer that goes off at 11 o'clock uh, every night, and it's about not criticizing. It's my no criticism alarm, because I realized in the evening, I just start picking at things. Mm -hmm. I just be like, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And it was not productive. It didn't help. It was usually reactionary. And I couldn't remember to do this. So like a big dummy, I had to set an alarm. So I set an alarm. So then when I would get in that before sleep, kids are in bed, we're having some sort of fight. I'd be like, no criticism uh, time. And that That's changed good. the way I deal with my wife. Yeah. Now, you might say, I should know that stuff emotionally and everything. It's you know, some of us just don't biologically are the way we were raised. So put the alarm in. And I'll tell you something as simple as that. You're not... Again, you don't even have to know anything. Ask questions. Do you have to know anything? That, just ask questions. Right, now, right. it might not work well. This is the other one. It might work terribly in the beginning. It might be, how dare you ask that question? And you should know and all. But just keep at it. Because in the long haul, showing that you actually care about the person, you want to grow, 
And then you better have something to apologize about. If you go into this thing without apologizing, you're in trouble. So come in with something, right? You know, I know I'm not the best listener, but I want to be a listener. What could I do? You know, that kind of stuff would do volumes. That's good. I mean, what I'm taking here is there's two things. There's an intentionality in how you approach each other, right? And an awareness, right? You're aware of the marriage. You're aware of the highs and the lows. You're aware of the shortcomings. You're aware of a guy is like, I could do better. I need to be more engaged. I need to love my wife more. I need to praise her. I need to be with her, right? And I need to be intentional about it. That's what your your alarm is making you aware of, that every day at 11 o'clock, I'm intentionally aware of doing something to engage with my wife. Yeah. Yeah. And this is one of the things, too, is a lot of families, we hide our secrets, we hide our pain, we hide our hurts. This is progress. This might not feel like progress, but it is progress to bring something out into the open. Even if this year is just learning about how messed up it is. This works with your marriage, with your kids, with anything, because that's the reality. That's the reality God sees. And that's the reality the person you're with sees. And for whatever reason, they're afraid to tell you. They've given up on hope on telling you. Just getting that out. So even assessing, even if you go away from that gathering and feel like, oh, that was a list of things I'm doing wrong, and you feel bad and everything, it's better for it to be out in the open. Now you know. Now at some level, you have the ability to move forward. Now some people don't do this because they think they'll be accountable to it. Like if I know what I've done wrong, then I got to do it right. Well, the reality is someone's still holding you accountable in secret or publicly. I would bring it out into the light. Then you can obviously pray about, depending upon your relationship, you can pray about these things. You can go ask other people for help. My wife just unloaded on me about something I didn't even realize I was doing. Go to an expert, right? That's when you go to the guy. What do we go to the local hardware store and someone tells us, well, this is the kind of weed you have and this is what you need to do. Same thing. But I want to challenge the men who've copped out to that narrative of just men are just these big oafs and we just, eh, just it is and she's smart. Me. No, you wouldn't do that with a job. Like many men have held on to jobs with integrity. They've had terrible bosses, terrible things asked of them, and you learn to do what is necessary to keep the job. <laughs> well, with your marriage, learn to do what is necessary to not just keep the job but to thrive at it. You can do it. So for the hopeless people out there, the people who are hurting, I'm not trying to belittle you, but you can do this. You can take a next step. Now, if your wife doesn't go with you on this, at least you know you tried your best. And that's what you always want to know. Like, I gave my best to this. Even if someone didn't partner with me, I can confidently say before the Lord and before myself in front of the mirror that I tried my hardest to bring us together in a healthy marriage. That's good, Doug. That is really, really good. I love it so much. Okay, look, I I follow you on social media. You're an active and very uh, good and kind presence on Twitter. Uh, Talk to us about uh, people reaching out to you and, uh, of course, about your work posting peace. Yeah, well, thanks. If you really want to heal your marriage, you got to buy my book, Posting Peace, by Social Media Divides Us and What Will Do. No, it has nothing to do with marriage. It's not. I'm just kidding. But I did write a book about uh, social media. Some of us are struggling. What do you do? It's like, it's crazy. Do I just leave it all together? How do I engage? So it's a way for Christians to engage differently online and also to look at how the media itself polarizes us to be aware of those things. Uh, how to set boundaries, how to deal with trolling and such things. So I think it's very practical that people who've read it have enjoyed it. If you want to find information about me, fairlyspiritual.org, I'm going to be launching some things this year. I've kind of been dormant, 
but uh, that's where you find my podcast and uh, book and reviews and all kinds of stuff like that. Very good. Doug, uh, you're a, you know, an oasis of, of wisdom and peace and happy that you're part of our show. Thank you today. What you, what you presented here, that's very good and strong about all of our marriages. And to tell guys to man up. Let's go. Right. Thank you. I love you. And also give a hug to Kathy. All right. My grandma is one of my heroes. Thank you. And one thing we did together was Bob Barker and the price is right. Grandma knew the cost of everything. But here's how I think she would do today. Grandma, name the price of these hot dogs and win a brand new car. Uh, those are definitely two forty nine. Ah, oh, so sorry. These hot dogs are now four monthly payments of nineteen ninety nine. Too bad. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And the cost of everything is crazy. And the holidays only make things harder. But there still is one big positive, and that's the skyrocketing home values of the last few years. For many, today is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to cash out some of the new money their home earned to help with the crazy. And the strategy is take advantage of the cash out today and refinance tomorrow when rates settle back down. They've already dropped an ounce as of late. If you're curious about your options, we are United United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. And a number 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. MTS stands for Master of Theological Studies, and it's a two-year degree for those who want to just deepen in their theological knowledge. With an MTS degree from RPTS, you can be ready for whatever God calls you to. We have three areas of concentration, biblical counseling, biblical studies, either the Old or the New Testament. You can also do one in doctrinal or historical studies. Learn how to get your Master of Theological Studies degree entirely online at rpts.edu. RPTS, study under pastors. Marketing your business is hard. It's so competitive, and getting new customers is as hard as keeping your existing ones. We know it because we're a local business, too. So when it comes to marketing your business and getting new customers, we know how to do it. Our digital marketing firm, Salem Surround, is built to create customized solutions to your business, not your competitors, just you. Reach out to us at SalemSurround.com, and we'll work with you to create those solutions that will increase your business and bring you new customers. SalemSurround.com. 9,997. No, no, no. Suppose Thomas Edison had given up. 9,998. But his failures only led him to the next idea. 9,999. Picture Times Square, dim, Las Vegas, dark, your home, black. Picture no electric light. 10,000. Come on, come on. Optimism. Pass it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Plan now to join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clipper. It's our Valentine dinner cruise, Friday, February 10th. A special night out for sweethearts, couples, and friends. Enjoy a delicious dinner buffet in the romantic warmth of the Gateway Clippers Empress as you take in spectacular views of the city skyline. Boarding time is 6 p.m. And now through January 10th, get 10% off your ticket price. Book now at wordfm.com. And, oh, you know what I like is uh, you, you see people, like today's our first day back in the office, and um, people are coming in, you know, clients and uh, your coworkers and stuff, and people are still saying, I mean, it's only it's still early, but people are still saying, Happy New Year. And I like that. Do you like that? I mean, it's sort of like, you know, you're turning the page, but you're both wishing each other a, a renewed sense of hope in some way. And I, 
despite you know people uh, whatever you think about new year's resolutions and whatnot that hope is key in all of that right just by the words happy new year you're saying better days are ahead in some way whether they're better days here on earth or of course better days in heaven but but happy new year and and with that the resolution thing, I, I, I said this before, I, I'm not really big on, on resolutions. I, I don't, I don't diss them. I mean, if you're, if you're into resolutions and you want to make wholesale changes in your life, God bless you. You go for it. Cause that, that's a powerful thing, right? Um, of course, there's, you know, a lot of pitfalls amongst that, but I believe anybody who's making a resolution is wanting to be in some way a better person, right? You, you engage in yourself and go, I'm sick of doing X, so I need to do this instead, right? I think it's a powerful thing. You know, um, I thought about this over the New Year's. Um, when when uh, midnight comes, you know, of course, you know, if, if you've been alive for a long time, midnight on New Year's Eve means certain things, doesn't it? I remember, um, you know, as a kid, and I thought about this because, you know, uh, this was the um, New Year's Eve was the 50th anniversary of the death of Roberto. And uh, I remember that very clearly because I, I was a, uh, I was a teenager when that happened and, and adored Roberto. I just loved him. I would regularly go to Forbes Field or to Three River Stadium and sit in the right field seats just so I could you know, <laughs> sit behind Roberto. So when Roberto passed away on New Year's Eve in 1972, I mean, it was a gigantic, a gigantic gut punch to me. So I, I've been thinking about that, about New Year's Eve and what New Year's Eve means to you in different stages of your life, right? As a kid, I, I loved it. Uh, you know, family gatherings, your your grandparents, my our grandparents would come over, your aunts and your uncles, and there'd be this, you know, there'd be a celebration. There'd, there'd be a party. They always, in my family, they just, they were, they were, they were crazy, especially that old guard. I mean, they really, they did it up. They just really had a really good time on New Year's Eve. There was a lot of laughter. There was a lot of games. And then I remember later on, you know, you become a teenager or in your early 20s, especially, you know, that first, hey, we're going out for New Year's. Like, whoa, like this is a very adult sort of thing to do. <laughs> and you don't have to do that too many times to be in a ballroom or, you know, someplace else in a hotel ballroom and go, okay, I've done that. I don't ever have to do that again. I lived in New York City for any number of years. One time and only one time. Did I go to Times Square? <laughs> you do not want to do that. I'm telling you that. I see that. I, I think, okay, I'm glad I did that. You know, I was 27 when I did that. I don't ever have to do that again. But it meant something. And then, of course, you know, you meet the love of your life, that New Year's. I remember that very clearly, the first New Year's with my wife. And then your first New Year's when you have kids and how that changes you. I Throughout all those years, I mean, always at New Year's, I think, I think oh, I'm going to call my mom. And I always called my mom on New Year's Eve. Hey, mom, just, you know, check in. I love you. Happy New Year. And, you know, then, you know, your parents pass away. And it becomes a different tone. All that to say that you know, time is so funny, isn't it? Time is beautiful and deep and rich. And especially as a believer, you know. When you think about your life in Christ and your time with Jesus and the, the relationships that you have of people in your church, how beautiful that is. 
and and what New Year's was like for me at this stage in my life this year, as opposed to all those many other decades, all those different experiences. It was a very satisfying New Year. And, <laughs> and to be honest, we didn't do anything. We sat on the couch uh, and uh, talked. But then we did get up at midnight. We went outside, and as is our custom in the in the whole household, we banged some pots and pans, and we laughed and kissed and said Happy New Year. But there was nobody with us. That was the first time ever in my entire life that I celebrated the New Year with my wife, just the two of us. It was excellent. Anyway, all that to say, I hope you have a great New Year, that you have Christ in the middle, and that we flourish, all of us, in peace and grace throughout this new year. Hey, we'll be right back. That's the 4 o'clock hour. Stay with us. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on Word FM. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Code ericbouncenature.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Representative Kevin McCarthy fails to capture a majority in the first round vote for House Speaker. The House of Representatives leadership election is going to a second ballot for the first time since 1923 after no candidate secured the 218 votes necessary to be elected House Speaker. Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona was nominated as an alternative Republican candidate to Kevin McCarthy in the first round, a move he said he would make after he challenged McCarthy in a GOP conference meeting late last year. Biggs won seven of the 11 alternate GOP votes in the first round of voting. The failure to reach 218 was widely expected, and McCarthy himself indicated that he expected a few rounds of voting. Bernie Bennett, Capitol Hill. A second House ballot is underway now. And 28-year-old Brian Koberger in a Pennsylvania court expected to waive extradition and return to Idaho to face murder charges. This is SRN News. Hi, I'm Lance Wall now, Christian author and evangelical leader, here to remind you that God's gifts should never be taken for granted. Take, for example, your retirement savings. You've worked hard for your money, and God has rewarded you for that. Now, with record inflation eating away at the value of the U.S. dollar, those rewards are literally being taken from you. But there is a way that faithful can fight back. By diversifying your retirement account into gold, your savings can be protected. And that's what God wants. Even better, A physical gold IRA from Birch Gold Group allows you to transfer your current retirement funds into gold without fees or penalties. To see how it works, text the word FAITH to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold IRAs. That's FAITH to 989898. Take action right now, and I pray that your family is blessed with continued prosperity. Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments, and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called, and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my business 
bills into one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now, I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here, write this down and call 1-800-936-5496. Can you repeat that? 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. The key to church revitalization comes not from the outside in, but from the inside out. Trinity School for Ministry presents Congregational Renewal Inside Out, January 19th and 20th. Featuring the Reverend Canon Mark Eldridge, this seminar will give you the passion, biblical principles, and proven practical strategies that will bring health and growth to any size congregation. Congregational Renewal, Inside Out, presented by Trinity School for Ministry, January 19th and 20th. Register at tsm.edu slash pastoral. You're smart, you're busy, and don't have time to waste on the mainstream media cycle. Salem News Channel breaks that cycle. Topics that matter from hosts worth watching. Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. Salem News Channel, not like the other guys. Watch anytime on any screen, free, 24-7. Find everything you need to know at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. It'll be cloudy and mild tonight with a couple of showers. Tonight's low 56. Tomorrow, mild with rain at times. Tomorrow's high 60. Tomorrow night, a passing shower in the evening. Otherwise, considerable cloudiness. The low 38. Thursday, cloudy skies with a high of 48. Friday, cloudy and colder with a couple of flurries. We'll reach a high Friday of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, thanks for coming along today for the 5 o'clock hour, the Tuesday show, The Ride Home. Uh, I talked about this a little earlier during the 4 o'clock hour. Kathy is sick. She's got, uh, she doesn't have COVID. She's got, you know, that respiratory thing that's just crushing. Uh, we, we've got it here. People are walking around hacking and coughing uh, on the back end of it, which is good. But, boy, it feels as though, I'm, I'm sure, you or people in your circles have it as well. So, I mean, here it is. This is It's just winter, and uh, the variants or whatever, it's, it's bad. I, but I know that she's she is ill. So prayers for Kath as she, uh, she re- recovers from this. And, and, and uh, of course, I've been thinking about this, praying about this all day long, and, and you know, you know how quickly the news cycle goes. But you, the Brackenridge police chief, uh, Justin McIntyre, who was killed Monday afternoon, please keep that family in your prayers. I mean, this is so key; it really is. I talked about this. I mean, these men and women—they give their best. They're out there. I can't imagine what it's like to be law enforcement. I cannot imagine. But I'm so grateful for their presence in our community to keep us safe. And uh, all the craziness that's going on, P- people just bad guys, just chaos. I, I, doesn't it feel like this? I don't know what it is. It's just the, the new age that we live in, but we live in such a, a deep, dark age of chaos where I can't, half the time, I don't even want to look at the news. Because the blackness, I mean, the devil, the, the blackness of this world is so dark and so deep. The, I don't know what it is. 
But boy, uh, to think about Justin McIntyre and his wife and his kids and uh, the the pain that they're feeling, God bless them. And on the other side of that, you know, I, to think about uh, Damar Hamlin and what we as a nation witnessed. You witnessed someone having a heart attack live on television last night. God bless that young man and for, <laughs> and for his family as well. I mean, that shakes you to the core, doesn't it? I know we love football. Uh, I love football. But, boy, is it brutal. And I know, you know, uh, and I, of course, I grew up in the 70s, you know, and old school, right, where people would just crush on each other. I mean, just a lot. And football's changed. But apparently it's not changed enough because guys are still getting hurt out there. So God bless uh, DeMar Hamlin, who uh, apparently is a – under sedation and uh, has a road back. And, and I appreciate that the news media and uh, people in the hospital are, are treading lightly on on feeding on, on what's ahead for this young man. So our first show back. Um, we, we, we were grateful to be off last week and uh, having those days off. Whew. Isn't that nice to have vacation time? Doesn't that feel good? <laughs> I mean, you look forward to it. That's part of the the big part of the joy is looking forward to it and then going through the process. But boy, it was sure nice to be off. So I've been thinking about, of course, the new year like you have as well. And it, before you know it, of course, that will be in our rearview mirror as well. But, you know, I've just been thinking about things that are noteworthy to me. And I often think about this, especially being in this chair, that I, I, I don't say... I don't know enough. I don't know. I mean, you know, people in the media, oh, like, you know, a lot of times you, oh, you got the, you got the answer. I don't have the answer. 99% of the time, I don't know. I really don't. And there, but for the grace of God, I'm so grateful to have the Lord in my life because I don't know. I don't know. And one of my, one of my soft resolutions, if that's even such a thing, is to say that I don't know at least 10 times a day. I don't know. Certainly will disqualify us for a career in politics or, or probably in media. But saying I don't know is an act of humility that is powerful. I don't know. I also think about treating people with respect. You find yourself, I find myself falling into this trap, you know. that There's a, you know, we all sort of have this scale, this pecking order. Right. And it's just it's a reflective thing. But I fail to see oftentimes the beauty and power of God's creation all around us in, in who we are as people. Right. Not that not that you're being snobby or, you know, superior. There's a pecking order to life. And it's it, I, I don't want to have that in my life. You want to see people at face value. You see the dignity in, in all of us. You see the respect in all of us. And you know what? We live in an immodest age, don't we? And, and most of what passes for modesty uh, in this world is is just posturing meant to elect praise. I mean, we are mostly uh, not a humble people. And you think about our our position in this world as we as Americans, we are living better than ninety nine point nine 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 percent of anybody who's ever walked in this earth, and we are so prideful about it. And it, what do we do to it? We it just fell into our lap just by the nature of who we of 
the blessings of being born here in the United States. That's the truth about it. But we oftentimes, we lack humility about it. We should be more judgmental about ideas and less judgmental about people. You know that? It's like that pecking order thing I just talked about, pointing the finger. Life is hard, and I, I think it's good if we call ourselves believers, despite the mess of human beings that we are. We are all a hot mess, right? I'm raising my hand here. I'm a hot mess, and I am grateful for Christ in my life. Truly, I am, because if I didn't have Jesus, well, I don't know what I'd do. Just a hot mess. I'll be judgmental about ideas and not about people. I'll see people and, and try to respect them. I'll be more kind, more loving, more genuine. Because life is hard, and it goes by way too fast, isn't it? You've been alive for decades. You know, you look over your shoulder and you go, really? I just thought I was 18. I just thought I was 25. And all of a sudden, boom, here you are. God bless us. Take a quick break. Come back. Terry Tim's going to join us in a few minutes. I love Terry. He's a kind, gentle, wise soul. Stay with us, won't you please? This is Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D on the radio. Word FM, W-O-R-D. How can we strengthen our marriages and keep harmony in the home? Pastor Greg Laurie says it's best to consult the designer of marriages. This week on A New Beginning, in one of his most requested studies of the year, he helps us put God's wisdom to work in our homes. Join us for good insight this week on A New Beginning. A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, weekday mornings at 1030 on WORD. My son Finn was born with congenital heart disease. He ended up spending about the first eight months of his life in the hospital. During that time, he endured 10 surgeries, including an open heart surgery. Starlight Children's Foundation has played an important role in my family's life. For five weeks when he was a baby, Finn lived in a Starlight Hero wagon. You could not understand the pure joy of having him go from a hospital bed into his favorite red wagon. Starlight doesn't just give items that hospitalized kids can use to keep themselves happy, but also memories, moments, and experiences which are so needed in times like these. They allow sick kids to just be kids for a little while. The support that Starlight provides to families like mine is an integral part to creating happiness at a time when there's very little to be found. Learn more about how Starlight Children's Foundation brightens the lives of sick kids by visiting starlight.org today. What if, instead of focusing on how students can serve the market, educators focused on how schools can serve students? Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills invites you to discover what a classical Christian education can offer your child. Saturday, February 4th from 10 to 1130. Meet the teachers, tour the school, enjoy brunch, and get all your questions answered about the holistic approach to education that works with the grain of your child's God-given curiosity. For more information, visit trinitychristian.net. 
You could sail the Mediterranean with Bible teacher Alistair Begg, August of 2023, stopping at several locations the Apostle Paul visited on his missionary journeys. Together we'll have the opportunity to visit ancient churches, museums, fortresses, and stroll some of the most beautiful avenues in the world. For details, log on to deeperfaithcruise.com or call 855-565-5519, 855-565-5519. This is Greg Trzinski from the Original Mattress Factory. As we enter this holiday season, we're reflecting upon what we're grateful for. At OMF, we're grateful for you, our customers. We've been hometown made for more than 30 years, thanks to the support of our loyal customers and the communities in which we operate. We're also grateful for our employees who are committed to providing the highest quality mattresses at a factory direct price. The Original Mattress Factory is wishing you and your family a happy and healthy holiday season and a wonderful new year. If you're one of those people who follows along to the liturgical church calendar, then of course you know that uh, coming up uh, very soon this week is the Feast of the Epiphany. Here to talk to us about the Epiphany is Terry Tim. Terry Tim is the uh, pastor at Christ Community Church of the South Hills, a regular guest on our show. And Terry, welcome back. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. And I actually want to say Merry Christmas to you as well. We're still in the season of Christmas, <laughs> yes, John. Yes, we are. <laughs> this is, I think, day 10 of the 12 days of Christmas. Fabulous. So. Keep the Happy New Year going and the Merry Christmas as well. Excellent. Merry Christmas to you as well. However, Epiphany is almost upon us, is it not? It's it's right around the corner, right after that 12th day of Christmas. And and I love, I love Epiphany. Uh, and my suspicion is most of our listeners right now are probably, like I am, a Gentile. <laughs> and Epiphany is kind of our day as, as Gentiles because Epiphany biblically marks the the story in Matthew chapter 2 where the magi the wise men from the east come and they follow the star and they they are led to encounter uh, Jesus the the one who was born the one who was born king of the Jews so in a sense like this for those of us who are gentiles like this is our day where we're welcomed into the good news of yeah. God's kingdom and salvation so we ought to be giving gifts to one another and thanking God on epiphany <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's a really big deal isn't it because like things are peeled back for us as gentiles we're finally invited to the party Oh, it's huge. I mean, I, I, you, we can't overstate how significant it is. I love that we're finally invited to the party, right? I mean, there's all these clues all throughout the Old Testament that God's love, God's covenant love is as big as the whole creation. Uh, and yet most of the Old Testament is focused on God's relationship with, with Israel. And yet there is this, uh, this thread woven through the Old Testament that the, the Gentiles, they have they have a piece of God's light as well. And there's coming a day when they will come into the fullness of it. And Matthew chapter 2 and Epiphany is is really the, the, the climax of, of that theme. And so that's why I, that's why I love the day. And Epiphany, it, it has a couple different meanings, the word itself. But when I think about it, it means it means to reveal or a manifestation or an appearing. And that word 
and those different definitions, it's it's worth exploring. I mean, obviously, in the in the Matthew two, the wise men magi story, there's a star that appears in the sky. There's an appearing right in the creation, and these magi from the east, these Gentile, they were uh, they were keen enough, they were curious enough, they were attentive enough to pay attention to this sight, this out of the ordinary thing. And their curiosity led them on a, a wild journey. Yeah. Uh, I mean, think about that. You know, stepping outside of your front door one night and looking up into the stars and seeing something bright and saying, ha, I think I need to get on my camel and take a journey. Yeah, and right? bring a present, right? I got to make sure that I'm prepared to bring something because something spectacular apparently has happened. That's right. And, and part of, you know, these these magi we call them wise men wise people is because they 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 understood all the different traditions from all the different world religions and they understood politics and culture and history and art they were they were well learned people and in that day there was this belief that when a king was born there would be a sign in the heavens mm-hmm. like the heavens would declare Something new and fresh is happening, that a new king has come into place. And so uh, they they didn't know who this king was. They didn't even know where the king would be, but they saw that light in the sky and it caught their attention and said, something important is going on that we need to pay attention to. And I, I love that that attitude of curiosity and and attentiveness. Yeah, and I wonder about this, Terry, you know, to be attentive singularly, or do you think that they knew each other, or were they three disparate personalities who were all sort of connected some way in their their knowledge base and thought, well, I'm going to do this, and then they met along the way? How did that even work? Yeah, that's that's a great question, and we could probably only use our uh, use our sanctified, hopefully, imagination. I mean, you you, you could think of them as as three guys that hung out together, and they studied the scriptures, and they studied the stars, and they studied things, and they put their heads together. Or, I mean, it is fascinating to think about what if these three wise men, they they all saw it, they all paid attention, and they all got on the road. Yeah. And somewhere along the way, they they connected and they started comparing stories. I, I actually love that. I haven't thought about that angle, but but I remember a number of years ago when I, I was on a sabbatical and I did a pilgrimage. Mm. And part of the part of the excitement of the pilgrimage was the people that you would meet along the way. People that you would discover on a plane or a train or a bus in a restaurant or in a park or art yep. gallery. And and all of a sudden you'd start sharing some stories and you'd see the connective thread through your life and and you'd 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 spend time together, you'd share a meal, you'd take a you'd take an Uber together, you'd walk. Uh so that's that's an interesting angle, John. And we don't we don't we don't really know. And we don't really know that there's three, there's right. they're wise and a lot of people think there's probably a caravan. There's could have been a you know, ten or twelve of these folks on, on this journey. But but it was their attentiveness and their curiosity that catalyzed them to go on this journey. So when they, whatever that journey was like, whoever they were, three or a caravan, when they arrived, can you talk about that? What was that like for them? I mean, 
um, Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. Oh, we've been expecting you, or what are you doing here? Why us? I mean, was this a confirmation in some way that Jesus was the child God? All these different questions surround this appearance. Yeah, this this again, this idea, this this star in the heavens, this sign in the heavens was was you know like a headline. A new king has been born. Again, they didn't know who that king was. They didn't know that king's name. They didn't know the country where this king was to be born. But that journey led them to, you know, th- this place, Bethlehem. And they they seemingly knew the scriptures because there was this prophecy in Micah that said, Bethlehem is where this king of the Jews is going to be born, this Messiah, right? And Bethlehem in in, in Jesus's day was this, you know, small little village, six or seven miles outside of Jerusalem. It was really nowheresville. I mean, obviously it was the home of King David, but it, it, for, for a Gentile, Bethlehem meant nothing. But they, again, connected the dots between the wisdom of the prophets and what God was doing in real time. And they, they were open to this thing that God was doing. And again, that's a uh, a characteristic that I think is so important for God's people. Do we have an openness, a curiosity, an interest to to follow the path, however God may set that set that up, and have the conversation? And um, again, using our imagination a little bit, how did these wise men, you know, tell us about the birth? Tell us the story. And and as Mary and Joseph began to unpack, you know, the the visit of the angel Gabriel. There, you know, the the immaculate conception of of Jesus, the journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Imagine them leaning in and 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 getting deeper and deeper and deeper connected to this uh, amazing narrative of the one again born King of the Jews. I love this. What okay. a remarkable experience that must have been. I can't believe are you 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 go say what 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 tell me this some more. I need to know more. And then to leave and then tell the story to somebody else and then to somebody else and somebody else. Before you know it, regions and states and principalities knew about the arrival of this new being. Right. I mean, again, think about this in this ancient culture. There's no social social media. There's no mass communication. No. And yet the word gets out. And part of this, the, 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 again, the beauty of this is how alert and awake they were to God's revelation in their life. Right. It's not only is there a revelation in the heavens, this star, but after they encounter Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, God reveals himself and God's plan for their life in a dream, right? There's this whole backstory of Herod and his decision, like he's going to eliminate any competition to his throne, right? And he, he puts this edict out that all male children under the age of two are going to be killed, but God intervenes and says to the wise men, don't go back to Herod. Don't go report anything to Herod. I know his plans, and I want you to know his plans. You need to go home by another way. And so, again, think about, you know, would we, would I change my travel plans based on a dream that I've had? But they were open. They believed so strongly that there was this God who wants to communicate with people that they believe that this was a means of communication. And so think, think about this again. 
there's the star in the heavens, revelation, appearing, manifestation. They connect the dots in the Holy Scriptures, and then a dream. So three different ways that God is revealing himself to these magi. And, and with that, that, that trust and obedience. Oh, yeah. This is part of why I think Epiphany is, is such an understated uh, feast day. It's, it's a way of life. It ought to be a way of life for those of us who call ourselves Christ followers. Mm. Do we, here's the question, do we believe God is a God of revelation? And are we willing to respond to that which God reveals to us? I mean, those are two huge questions. And I, I, I honestly, I, I think sometimes I operate as if God is not a God of revelation. Like, I, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I hope it's good. I hope it's true. I hope it's honorable. But at the end of the day, do I actually believe that this, this, this faith that I profess, this faith that is part of this Judeo-Christian tradition is, is grounded around this idea that God wants to be known. God's not hiding. Yes, there's a mysterious element to God's nature and character, but ultimately, God has continued in, in the in the in the story of the Old Testament and now in the birth of Jesus. God reveals Himself to His people. Hmm. God shows up and tells people what to do. God shows people what God's nature and character is like. And then the question is, are you going to respond? The wise men could have saw the star and said, mm, "No thanks, it's, it's too big of an inconvenience." They could have put the scriptures together and said, ah, it's just coincidence. It's th th This isn't really the real thing. They could have ignored the dream and gone back to Herod and probably got killed. But they paid it. They responded to God's revelation and their life was changed. And because of that transformation in their life, as you said, that message has echoed out through the ages. And now we are confronted with this revelation as well. How will I respond? How will you respond? How will your listeners respond to this God who wants to be known. That's so good. And by saying that, Terry, I didn't think of this. By you just laying it out as you have, you've allowed us, you know, the vision of being included in that story thousands of years ago, right? It's my choice, right? Uh, am I responding or not? Am I part of this or not? Yeah, I am, because we're having this conversation, so I'll pick up the thread from there. It's the trajectory, right? The trajectory of this story, it begins, you know, 2,000 years ago, but we're wrapped up in it. And again, part of the beauty of this is, yes, we know God reveals himself in Scripture. We know God reveals himself in creation. We know God reveals himself through conversations that we have with people, brothers and sisters in Christ, but also strangers that we meet along the way are we listening? Are we open? Are we attentive? Do we even have the posture of faith, again, that God is a God who chooses to reveal himself in a variety of different ways? That, I mean, that, that, you know, that, that's like woo-woo stuff. But Christianity is woo-woo, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus, yeah. Jesus wants to be made known. God wants to be made known. And the Holy Spirit comes to illuminate us and help us say yes to whatever it is God may be calling us to. And sometimes the response might be gratitude, it might be hope, it might be encouragement, it might be repentance, justice, compassion. But but God 
God's not neutral and God doesn't want us to be neutral as well. And that's the power and beauty of epiphany, not as a past event, but as a, as you said, a present ongoing thing in your life and my life as well. Fabulous. Okay. So as you joined us there, you said, don't forget Merry Christmas because this is the 10th day of Christmas. So two, two more days left, right? We're still in Advent, 12 days of Christmas. That's Wednesday and Thursday. And then Friday is the Feast of the Epiphany. Is the Feast of the Epiphany. And so I would say, you know, celebrate that day. Go back and read this story and ask yourself some questions. Ask yourself, one, do I, be, do I truly believe that God is a God of revelation? Ask God, show me something today. Show me something in your word. Show me something in a an encounter with a person. Show me something in your creation. You know, John Calvin said, God's given us two books, the good book and the beautiful book, the good book being the Bible, the beautiful book being the book of creation. God, show me something. I want to know you. And then as you go throughout your day, tune your heart, your eyes, your ears, and, and, and pay attention. What might God want to reveal to me today? And then say yes to it, wherever it may take you. It, it may change the trajectory of your day. It may change the trajectory of your life. I'm not necessarily saying you're going to get on a camel and go on a two-year journey, but who knows? You might. Fabulous. Terry Tim, Christ Community Church of the South Hills. Terry, we need to step away for just a minute. But can you stay with us for a little bit longer? Yeah, sure. Be glad to, John. All fabulous. Thanks so much. We'll step away for just a minute. This is Word FM. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Stock up and save big now, store-wide at the Lowe's Truckload Event. For a limited time, save up to 50% on select tools and accessories from the brands you trust. And buy a DeWalt 12-inch dual bevel miter saw and get an adjustable stand for free. Plus, get deals on appliances, bath, and more. Head to your local Lowe's or visit Lowe's.com to shop the Truckload Event today. While supplies last, selection varies by location. Ballot 1229-111. Our little brother says the word dodo word 40 times a day. Should we be saying that word on Word FM? <laughs> you started it. Okay. So, here we are with Uncle Ryan with three reasons why you'd be a tweet tweet if you bought a home this year and didn't use us at United Faith Mortgage. The biggest reason is our direct lender advantage. We use our own money. And there's no middleman. Which means... We can often get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. We also pay $1,000 of your closing costs on all new home purchases. And just as important to me as saving listeners money is the super service part. Our small team is specifically committed to Word FM. You will not get to a closing and find anything hidden. It's a partnership all the way around. So, don't via, and we're done. We are United, United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a lesson for 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. You're not who you were 25 years ago. Your life's more complex. People change, families change, and the law changes. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and & Hagerman. And a proper estate plan should keep up with those changes. 
That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer, someone who's really good at making complex concepts sound so simple, so you can protect what's yours and to ensure that your will is done. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. Marketing your business is hard. It's so competitive, and getting new customers is as hard as keeping your existing ones. We know it because we're a local business, too. So when it comes to marketing your business and getting new customers, we know how to do it. Our digital marketing firm, Salem Surround, is built to create customized solutions to your business, not your competitors, just you. Reach out to us at salemsurround.com and we'll work with you to create those solutions that will increase your business and bring you new customers. salemsurround.com Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit, offers more than a 1,000 free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. It'll be cloudy and mild tonight with a couple of showers. Tonight's low 56. Tomorrow, mild with rain at times. Tomorrow's high 60. Tomorrow night, a passing shower in the evening. Otherwise, considerable cloudiness. The low 38. Thursday, cloudy skies with a high of 48. Friday, cloudy and colder with a couple of flurries. We'll reach a high Friday of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Terry Tim is with us. Terry's the pastor at Christ Community Church of the South Hills. And uh, Terry, you know, you like me, we've had kids, uh, grew up with, you know, had families. And um, I don't know if this is you, but did you have pets? You had pets growing up, uh, your family? Yeah, yeah. We, we've. We've always been dog family. We, we're dogless right now, but we're we're in the, we're on the search right now. Okay. We're, we're going to jump back in soon. That's exactly where we are. Okay, so growing up, I, I, two boys, uh, we got a dog, then we got a cat, then we got another dog, then we had two turtles. Uh, I mean, at one point we had a lot going on in the house, and then when my kid, my youngest boy, turned thirteen, he said to me, "Please, may I have a bird?" And I was like. A bird, a bird, and so he he worked this hard. Please, I'll I'll do. Uh, uh, here's my research, and so for Christmas when he was 13, I bought him a green-cheeked conure, which is this little beautiful parrot, beautiful, beautiful, and you know, like it is like a like a dog or a cat, or it, it became part of our family. Now th- this conure. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he took up residence in our dining room. Of course, there's a cage, and it's dirty. and And I love the bird, but he was very loud. Personality plus personality. Did did did. As soon as you came down, he would hear us get out of bed in the morning, and he'd start to talk. And throughout the day, always chiming in. And of course, he wanted to fly. You had to have his wings clipped because he would be flying all over the house and, and pooping with it. But you know. The, the, he became part of our lives. Anyway, Christmas Day, nine years to the day, we were in the living room um, because we, nine years to the day that we got the bird, we heard him and he didn't sound right. Long story short, we think the bird had a stroke. Mm. 
And so there we are, the four of us. We're at home, the four of us, my wife and my two boys, and the bird's not right. And over a period of like a very sad, mournful Christmas dinner, the bird suddenly passed away. Mm. I mean, Terry, that wow. boy of mine who's 13, who's now 22, he starts bawling. I mean, just bawling. And, of course, I'm bawling. My wife, all four of us, we're crying because our bird died on Christmas Day. And, uh, now of course, if you're not a pet person, if you're not, you think, that's ridiculous. I mean, but we were brokenhearted by it. It, it, it shaded. It, it had a deep shade. We are still not over it. And so I, I've been thinking about this. And, I, you know, we're, we talk about this bird now every day. And I said to my kid the other day, you know what? There's that little bird. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's one of a billion birds in the, in, of God's creation on this earth right now. But he meant so much to us that when he passed so quickly, it broke our heart. It broke our heart. We've still not mended from that. And so I, I wonder, what does that mean, Terry, that there is this little thing that's God's creation that's beautiful, that meant something so deeply to us that it broke our heart. There are billions of those birds out there in the world, and we're broken for that. What does that mean, I I wonder, about the nature of God's creation and the relationship that he has given us, not only with each other, but with other creations that he's given us as these gifts of beauty? Yes. That, I mean, that's a, that's a beautiful story, John. And I, I do think it, as I listen to you tell it, uh, for me, it maps on to this grand narrative of Scripture. That when you go back to the beginning of the story, in the creation narrative, there is God's shalom, God's peace. And what that means is not only does it mean that humans are at peace with God, and not only are humans at peace with one another, but that people are in perfect union with the creation, including the birds, right? There's this harmony. There's this goodness to it all. And and now, even though we live in the brokenness of the world, we we have the we can ha- we can develop these strong relationships with with part of the, the the created order, whether it's a dog, a cat, a bird. A bird. Our hearts. It, it reveals that our hearts are designed for connection. Yes, and with and you know that bird was so central to our household. He was so alive. His song. His his. All that, that that bird, Pip, Pip, our bird, he was so, I mean, and now in the absence of that, when we get up in the morning, we hear silence. You look over and that cage is empty. Our hearts are broken because of that absence and we can't get over it yet. Yeah. Well, and, and part of that is good and healthy that you shouldn't get over it quickly. No. I mean, I do think it's part of our part of our culture is that we want to just move on quickly right, over right, loss, right? And you can't, and we shouldn't. But you know, the the narrative, the the trajectory again is that someday all of creation is going to be restored, right? And and someday, in some way, in God's economy, there's going to be the goodness of the restoration of of the the John Hall family and Pip this bird. Pip. <laughs> I, I believe it with all my heart. I, I mean, hope so. you know. 
I mean, and, and you know, all these, of course, these thoughts go through your mind when your pets die, you know, and there I am and I'm going, John, look at you. <laughs> You're so upset about this. Why are you so upset about this? You know what? You know, it's a bird. But he meant something so deeply to us. Now, of course, a police officer was killed yesterday. We saw an NFL football player have a heart. There's such suffering and such pain and such brutality in this world. But it comes down to something so simple and so basic of our family's love for this little bird that it breaks us. I mean, tiny, but then magnified into the brutality and and the beauty of the world. And those moments of, of sorrow and grief, you know, over a small thing like a bird, I, I hope they open up our heart to the bigger tragedies and pains in the world. That that part of part of the, when we lose something, it, it shows us uh, our humanity and our, our our depth of emotion and the potential for empathy. If we can have that much empathy and emotion around a bird, how much more? around the brokenness of the world, right? Oh, man, like yeah. you said, the things that we've seen in our own community over the last 24, 36 hours, <sighs> like, do they break our heart? Like, are we, you know, and again, we we, we can't walk around, we, we would be paralyzed, you know, if we yes. were in that grief all the time. But, you know, that, 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 that prayer of Bob Pierce, the founder of World Vision, break my heart, God, with the things that break your heart. And God, God, you know, Jesus said, God sees every bird that falls, right? And so part, partly your family was emulating the love of the Father as this small bird fell in your household. You are, in a sense, you know, modeling the care and the concern that God has for God's creation. And that's a good thing. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a hard thing, but it's a good thing. I'm into that. Tara, how's your, uh, how's your 2023 look for you ahead? Um, you, I'm telling you, I, I, I was talking to somebody about that today and I'm filled with a lot of anticipation and, and expectation. There, there's some really good things on, on my agenda that got doors that God has opened and I'm excited to Excellent. walk into that. Fabulous. I really am really good. And uh, looking forward to it. Good. Christ community church of the South Hills. Talk about that with our audience. Yeah, we, uh, we are a missional community of faith, uh, and we worship on Sundays at the Crown Plaza Hotel on Fort Couch Road in Upper St. Clair, right across the street from South Hills Village. And, and we're actually doing something. We're beginning this Sunday. You know, a lot of times when we come into the new year, people are action-oriented. We've got resolutions and intentions, and we're going to get ourselves in action. We're actually going to begin the year with uh, a two-month study on Sabbath. Mm. How do we slow down? How do we delight in God? How do we how do we learn to downshift a little bit more so that we can actually enjoy more of God's life, particularly in the midst of this grind culture? So we're going to begin that series uh, this this Sunday morning on Sabbath. Very nice. Terry, people want to find you. Uh, you got a website, Christ Community Church. Yeah, it's uh, actually Christ Community Church dot M.E. Christ Community Church dot M.E. And that'll give you all the information you need. Excellent. Always a pleasure, Terry. Thanks so much for being with us. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. 1.5 WORD. On our next adventure in Odyssey, the Myers family finds their world turned upside down when Ernie comes home from prison. While they struggle to adjust to many new changes, Eric isn't sure he'll ever be able to forgive his dad. Don't miss this special look at what forgiving others as we have been forgiven means. Next time on Adventures in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM. WORD. My brother in law died suddenly. 
and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-940-6161. That's 1-800-940-6161. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1-800-940-6161. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Rayma Christian School is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through 8th grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rayma aims to develop the whole child, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rayma is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. Accepting enrollment now for the current school year in opening soon for the 2023-24 school year. Visit RamaChristianSchool.org. Hey everybody, Greg Laurie here from A New Beginning. You know, we're excited about our partnership with a OnePlace.com app. You can listen to my messages anytime, anywhere, even offline, without Wi-Fi with the OnePlace app. Now more than ever, don't you think we need to get God's Word into our lives? So let His Word fill you with hope in your office, in your home, or in your car, or wherever you are at OnePlace.com. Plan now to join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clipper. It's our Valentine Dinner Cruise, Friday, February 10th. A special night out for sweethearts, couples, and friends. Enjoy a delicious dinner buffet in the romantic warmth of the Gateway Clippers Empress as you take in spectacular views of the city skyline. Boarding time is 6 p.m. And now through January 10th, get 10% off your ticket price. Book now at wordfm.com. It's kind of funny that uh, we just turned the page and we're advertising for um, for Valentine's Day. You know, I, I've been thinking about uh, our guest during the four o'clock hour, what, what Doug Burst talked to us about. Isn't that good? I mean, he was talking about the intentionality of saying, you know, I, I, if you're a married guy, that you shouldn't sort of take the back seat and say, well, you know, this is just how I am. Um you know, this is just, you have to accept me for because this is what it is, and I'm not going to change. I'm not going to get any better. I'm not really invested in this anymore. You know, he called guys out, which I, I think it's really important. That's the the beauty and the power of the church that you're able to if if it's done well, you're able to call each other out. I mean, you know, Doug's a pastor, so that's that's even you know, <laughs> that's the necessary place. But he was just calling us out of our malaise or our laziness or our familiarity uh, as husbands, right? That this is what we've done for, you know, the last five years of our marriage, the last 10 years of our marriage. The, the call was to shake it up, to make things different, to be more sincere, more approachable, more honest, to not hide in your secrets 
I mean, you know this. I'm not telling you. If you've been married for any length of time, right, who knows you better, right? I mean, your wife or your husband, they see you. They see the best of you. They see the worst of you, right? There's no secrets there. The only secret is if you you choose not to talk about it, right? They see you. My wife sees who I am. (laughs) I mean, all it takes is one look. You know, she knows. She knows my great side, my really wonderful, and she knows my horrific, ridiculous side. Like there's a secret here I'm going to hide. She doesn't. She knows. Everybody, you're married for any length of time. That's that's the power of marriage. And how many times you go, oh, this drives me crazy, right? Even the best of marriages have crazy times. The worst of marriages, God help us all. Anyway, I just I, for me the theme of this show today is just renewal, right? Here we are. We just change. We're just turning the page here on the calendar. It's hard to believe. I mean, I remember remember the big deal that was made over Y two K, right? Oh my gosh, it's, it's twenty three years after the fact, and that felt like yesterday, right? That the computers were going to wreak carnage. In the Western world, we weren't going to reset. That's 23 years ago. I can tell you exactly where I was on that New Year's 23 years ago, sitting next to my wife. God bless her for putting up with me all these many years. And for you and your marriage, for you and your husband, for you and your wife. Because it is a difficult road to be married, but it's, the, it's a, the greatest thing I ever did, without a doubt. Unless she wants to kill me sometimes. Heaven help us. We'll take a quick break. This is Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. Check us out. Listen, that Valentine's thing looks like a lot of fun. I know it's on the river and it's February, but we're going to be there, Kath and I. We hope that you're as well. So check us out online, wordfm.com. Hi, Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Step up your grilling game with our Solaire Portable Infrared Grills. Our Compact Everywhere is a favorite of RVers and trailer pullers. Solaire Infrared provides the quick sear for bar marks and texture needed to properly finish sous vide. Use a portable alongside your larger conventional grill to create an instant sear zone and more juicy and flavorful food. Learn more at BestHotGrill.com. Affordable, powerful, portable infrared grills at BestHotGrill.com. Baby, it's cold outside. Baby, it's cold outside. Brr, isn't it chilly? Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, snuggling up to a nice warm bowl of homemade soup. Winter on our farm means my brother Sam and his guys are trying to stay warm as they feed all the groups of cows, calves, and heifers out in the elements, milk the 100-cow herd twice a day, and handle all that comes with a working dairy farm, no matter what the weather is. Winter at the Springhouse store means a little slower pace, so it's a great time for our cooks to try out new main dishes, new sides, and new soup recipes like the one I'm enjoying, vegetarian chili. The bakers are even getting in on the act and trying new desserts, too, like chocolate cherry cordial. Stop by for lunch or supper and see what new creations they've come up with today. Good old-fashioned cooking featuring all-natural farm-fresh ingredients and lots of TLC. The Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. I love seeing a transformation of a smile. 
There's a reason patients love Dr. Megan Stock, voted Pittsburgh Trib's best of the best dentist in northern Allegheny County for the second year in a row. You don't have to do full mouth rehabilitation to really transform a patient's life. For a patient to be able to smile confidently and be happy with their own smile. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. Stock Family Dentistry, Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. I think we can all agree that every moment at Eden shaped us and impacted who we are right now. The faith modeled by teachers at Eden Christian Academy has a profound impact on students' lives. We carry with us more than the academics, but a strong, Christ-centered foundation. I would just like to thank my teachers, my mentors, my family members, and my friends who have done the best they could to help me in this next phase of my life. Eden Christian Academy, enrolling pre-K through 12th grade at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Discover the magnificence of the Mediterranean with Alistair Bay and our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Nine life-changing days of powerful worship, Bible study, and history. Sign up now, DeeperFaithCruise.com. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at WordFM.com, the WordFM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. It's a couple days after Christmas. I was out in the backyard, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is like, you know, middle-aged or even early old age creeping in. Um, about a year or so ago, um, my wife bought me a bird feeder. And uh, so I've been faithfully feeding the birds now every day, for, you know, for about a year or so. I love it. It's super cool. I mean, it might be. <laughs> How does that happen? You know, all your life you think, oh, there's a bird there. You know, I told this story a little earlier about with Terry Tim, but that was a whole, that's a different bird. But I was in the backyard a couple days after Christmas and an, and a, a hawk it was a red tailed hawk. It flew overhead. I just happened to look up and see it and it was holding something in its talons and it dropped it and it, it fell literally like 20 feet from, from where I was standing. It was a small, like it was a twig. A stick, and I don't know what that that hawk was doing with that, but I went over and I picked that thing up, and it was a moment. It was a moment of awe. Do you experience awe in your life? You know, I remember um, I spent some time in a hospital whenever I was in my early twenties, and I was like two weeks in the hospital. I really messed up my leg bad, and what I remember most about it is coming out of the hospital and feeling the air on my face and the sun on my face. I'll never forget that feeling. I was like, oh, it was like, you know, waking up for the first time. I couldn't believe what the air felt like on my skin and the sun on my face. That was an awe-filled moment. And I know this. I, I think that if you allow yourself, like that that twig falling from the talons of a hawk, that was an awe-filled moment. I look back at my... um my photos in my, on my phone. And more often than not, my photos, and I probably yours as well, they are a record of awe in our lives, aren't they? We pull our phone out when something's significant, or not, even the basic even the basic things of a sunset. That's an awe-filled moment. We see our, our children. I take this, or our grandchildren. I take that photo. This one awe experience after another surrounds us. God is so good, and the creation that he's chosen to give us is so incredibly powerful, so beautiful. The mindfulness of that, right? We were talking about mindfulness earlier today. 
right? Just the recognition of what we are surrounded by. And if we can surrender to that, it changes who we are as people. So the idea of, you know, me making a New Year's resolution, it's unnecessary in some ways, as long as I'm plugged into what's happening around me. The people, when we, when we witness or we are part of acts of kindness, I saw something at Giant Eagle the other day. Some, some, some old lady was reaching for a can or something and some guy, he just was a little act of kindness. He helped somebody out. This little old lady. And you get to witness that. I don't know. Life is so good. Really, it is. I know it's so difficult for a lot of, I mean, right? Life is hard, too. Oh, man. It's brutal. What happened yesterday? I think that put everything. God bless that police officer from Brackenridge. God bless that poor man and his family. He gave his absolute best. Some crazy person out running wild. God bless that family. And that young man on the football field yesterday. God bless that man and his family. All of us are so deeply connected. I'm talking about this little bird that we had in our family for nine years. It broke our heart. And all those things together conspire to make up the beauty and power of what it is to be alive. And especially to know God in the middle of it. And especially to have Christ above all things. That's an awe-filled thing. A blessing for us all. So thank you for that. Thank you for letting me share this, to spend this time with you, to speak about the off-field world and creation. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. This is Carol Platt, Leibowl for townhall.com. The holidays are a time when family is front and center, but tragically a growing percentage Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.